This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a... What are we doing this? Monday? I guess it's a Monday which should be Sunday <laughs> recap of week nine in college ball. This is the full ride on the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined as I am twice a week with fellow UNG alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. Glad to be uh, glad to be back. Another another week of college football. Um, a lot of crazy stuff happened this week. I sent you a lot of a lot of tweets that were going down during the day That's on true. Saturday. Flooding, uh, flooding your inbox with tweets, Matt. Um, what did you watch this weekend? And if you say you watched the entirety of Kentucky, Georgia, not only do I have a billion other questions, but also, why? Well, sir, to start with, you know damn well I watched every minute of Kentucky, Georgia. That's my squad. I ride or die, even though it was the worst one of the worst football games I've ever witnessed as a fan. <laughs> the bright spot is it was also like the fastest game I've ever watched in my entire life. It was like you look up like all of a sudden like Kentucky had the ball for like the second time of the game and you look up you're like wow it's like four minutes till halftime. Like I, I think that game was like right at three hours. Like it was it was for the best. I think Kentucky was just like essentially taking like forty seconds every single time they uh, they called a play and. They stayed on the field long enough to just milk that entire clock of that game. They didn't score any points, really, but they they did a great job winning the time of possession. Well, we'll get to some other teams this week who who thrived on time of possession and playing keep away. But um, yeah, uh, well, what else did you watch this weekend? What uh, what did you get into for Halloween? What did Zeus dress up as other than just big ass dog? Uh, I really didn't do anything for Halloween. Just, uh, didn't do, I didn't go to any Halloween parties or anything. Didn't, didn't have a costume. Do you have a costume? No, I'm not a costume guy. Not a costume guy. I, uh, I, I, in general, I like costumes, but, um, I don't know. I guess it was Saturday, just watching, watching college football. I, uh, just nothing really came up, I guess. That, that's what I was doing. I spent my Saturday watching college football, which I will never complain about. Fair fair um all right man so where are we at picks wise i don't like i was thinking about it this morning i was like i i think we didn't have a good weekend i could be wrong but i don't think either of us did very well this weekend um wasn't great you were better yeah. than me but uh but neither of us was great uh i went three and eight against the spread Ugh. this week Whew, real bad arkansas killed me with that backdoor cover against a uh, and m and surely if georgia can hold Kentucky to three points they cover but no they didn't cover so that was uh, unfortunate so I was three and eight you went five and six against the spread this week uh 
gaining uh building the lead on me a little bit on the season but uh overall i went six and five and you went eight and three so that's uh that's quality for the overall picks so now on the season you are now 42 40 and one against the spread to my 40 42 and one so you got two game lead and then overall i'm 52 and 31 to your 47 and 36 oh i'm coming so uh, it wasn't a good week. You know what? There's not going to be a lot of a lot of weeks like that. So I'm uh you know I'm just gonna have a short term memory about it. You know I uh, had a bad week. Leave behind me and just uh stay focused on the future. Are you wearing a Darth Vader mask as we we're doing this podcast? No, I am not wearing a Darth Vader <laughs> mask because that would be a ridiculous thing to do when you're trying <laughs> to be taken seriously. <sighs> I wonder when Dan Mullen woke up on Sunday, how many different things he was embarrassed about. I mean, the the Darth Vader thing in general isn't that big of a deal. It's Halloween. It, it was weird. It, it was it's, just like one of those where you're leaning into this a little too much, man. It like, was just, it was the context that like, this was like kind of a serious game where like, there's there's pushing and shoving that happens in football games all the time, but th- that was like an extended like dudes throwing punches like that kind of went on for a while. So you got ejections going on, you know, maybe uh, reporters asking about uh, suspensions moving forward, that kind of thing. Like, so it wasn't like just like a happy-go-lucky press conference. Like, I feel like there's kind of some serious things to address, and this guy comes out in a Darth Vader mat like. <laughs> Uh, costume like it just seemed so lame like i just don't even know what this guy is doing he's just uh dan mullen and not to mention he kind of seemed like he was instigating the fight like not like he really started it but i mean he came running running in there and it kind of seemed like it got escalated at that point and then once everything you know dies down and everyone's going to the locker room he comes back up and is hyping up the crowd it's like that's not really something you should be hype about you should kind of be embarrassed that your team kind of lost their composure and was throwing punches and not that Missouri wasn't doing anything wrong too but it's like it's just an ugly situation and you don't like hype the crowd up after a situation like that you just think any other coach is just pissed that his team like lost composure momentarily in a situation like that counterpoint um florida's back so this is something that is a positive development for football fans uh florida becoming the villain like a good villain like not a sad villain a good villain so florida's back uh yeah. win, a win over missouri that that's all florida's back, that's man. all we needed that, that they're back now they're back i mean they're better yeah. than georgia like we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and see that this weekend but um yeah. Also, I mean, Georgia, Florida they, they not happening be, over Halloween weekends. Kind of sad. They have to beat like Georgia that. before we say they're better than Georgia. But um, okay. Florida's we'll, definitely we'll save some Florida thoughts, and we'll save for some sure. for Georgia thoughts. Um, some news this week: uh, Trevor Lawrence no longer the Heisman favorite. Do you know who is? Um, maybe Justin Fields. No. Um, I don't know. Wouldn't be Kyle Trask. Matt uh, who, Jones. Oh, Mac Jones. I guess that makes sense. That's kind of crazy to think about. Like, that would really, really blow my mind if Mac Jones... I swear, I'm not trying to discredit Mac Jones. I'm not either. It just doesn't sound right to me. It just doesn't... Yeah, and I know I was hyping up Jalen Waddle before, but now I'm like, well, maybe it's Devontae Smith. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I'm not trying to discredit Mac Jones, but there's just... 
so many weapons on that offense. It almost seems like any any solid quarterback could come in there and just put up stupid numbers. Not to take anything away from him, but Devontae Smith is just ridiculous. Billy Bowman, great name, commits to OU over the weekend. Um, he is an ESPN top 300 wide receiver. Small, fast, probably going to kill it <laughs> in Oklahoma scheme for the next four years. Yeah, I think he's like a, a big track guy, right? I yeah. think he's got like some legit like track speed so that that's a big time get and then explain to me what happened with Richard Le- Richard LeCount over the weekend I don't really understand what happened here I mean the only details I really know are that he was riding like a dirt bike after they got home from so the he was the one that's- actually on it he didn't get hit by it he was riding yeah. one yeah that's what it made that's to my understanding at least he was the one on a dirt bike and then it like he a car was turning and like hit him and then it caused him to like hit another car or something so i think he hit two cars but they were saying like he's like lucky to be alive like what really? i was hearing like saturday at night yeah but like it's kind of a cliche you know when everyone's in, like a bad accident so i don't really know how like his they said his injuries aren't like life-threatening or anything like you should have like a full recovery but it sounds like in terms of what it means for a georgia football that he's at least going to be out for a little bit of time. I don't know if he's out for the whole season, but it sounds pretty serious. Not a good time to lose Richard LeCount. No, and then on top of that, Georgia had like five dudes get injured in the Kentucky game already. So Georgia's defense, including Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis and Richard LeCount were probably the two most valuable pieces on Georgia's defense and just in terms of just whatever the replacement is. So missing both of those guys, as well as Julian Rochester, Monty Rice was already dinged up, and he and Quay Walker injured. Lewis Seen, the other starting safety next to LeCount, also got injured. So it's like they could be starting two new inside linebackers, two new guys on the defensive line, and two new safeties against Florida, one of the best offenses in college football. So that's that's not going to be great, coupled with the, the play we've got from Stetson Bennett so far oh, i'm so couple. excited to talk about stetson bennett i'm so excited to talk about my least favorite quarterback in college football i'm, I'm so excited um all right well are you ready to get into what happened over the weekend matt yeah let's get into it man all right um i want to start with texas versus oklahoma state <sighs> big 12 um it, it's over it is november 2nd and you have now been dismissed from the college football playoff um brutal loss for oklahoma state because i watched a lot of this game they were better than texas this is like one of those where you're just mike gundy i would just be sick over something like this because the cowboys outgained texas 530 to 287 the longhorns were two of 15 on third down the tennessee special like they were atrocious on third down they were atrocious on offense all day long oklahoma state's defense was top notch as we thought coming in um but they had four turnovers oklahoma state's four turnovers really bad penalties they had a bad pass interference call five turnovers or five turnovers yeah like it's it's just bad and this is how you lose games that you should win and they allowed 21 points off those turnovers like that that was the game and those are the games where if you're a fan you're just you're sick over it because you know you're better you did everything better your defense is better your offense is better um but 
the little things just came back to bite Oklahoma State at home on spooky Saturday here. And uh, the Cowboys uh, fall to number 14 in the AP poll, I want to say. And uh, that was it. What was your takeaway? Yeah, you pretty much uh, nailed it. What I was going to say, like it's got I feel bad for Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State fans right now, because like I was taught, like we were talking last week, I I just had a feeling like I wanted to pick Texas. Like I wasn't basing it off of anything tangible, really. It was just like, huh, I don't know. I'm just not buying Oklahoma State yet. But then I looked at it. It's like Oklahoma State is better. So I picked them and if you watch the game, they felt better. Like they, like you said, they outgained them by almost 300 yards. They they shut down Sam Ellinger. I mean, for Ellinger to have 13 carries for negative nine yards, like with and throw for less than 200 yards through the air, like I don't know how Texas beats you if you're doing those things. And the only way is by turning the ball over. And so I just they, I think I uh, I completely agree they look like the better team but if you if you mess around and turn the ball over anyone can beat you so yeah this is the this is the end of the big 12 college football playoff talk really clemson versus boston college clemson shuts out boston college in the second half uh the first half was crazy they they got up to like the one yard line travis Etienne just fumbles a handoff and boston college returns it for a touchdown um DJ Ugly is uh, how you pronounce that. Um, go ahead and check me on that. Um, that he was 9 on. of 14 for 175 yards on throws of 10-plus yards. He was also 4 of 7 for uh, 68 yards and a touchdown under pressure. Um, this is from Pro Football Focus. But um, I was pretty impressed with him. And it's good that Clemson, after years of really, really figuring stuff out on offense and uh, not really having a lot of bright spots at quarterback over the years um, for them to find another uh, diamond in the rough and Mr. DJ. Good for them. Yeah, feel feel great for Clemson. <laughs> they, uh, they, they don't have enough good quarterback play. But um, yeah, I, I guess the one thing of point of concern is just that Boston College was able to put together three touchdown drives on you because, I mean, one of them was obviously the fluky 90, what, 97-yard uh, fumble return for a touchdown so i feel like still giving up 28 points to boston college isn't great but i mean it's your backup quarterback with trevor lawrence in. it's probably a a 48 to 21 kind of game so it's really nothing to worry about clemson i uh obviously as a as a neutral college football fan i was rooting for chaos and hoping boston college could could figure it out a way to win this but once you saw clemson score like well, like a minute and a half into the third quarter, two minutes into the third quarter, you're just like, okay, Clemson's going to take care of business here. And they shut him out in the second half. Clemsoning feels like a, a relic of the past. How long ago was Clemson? Man. Like that was retired years ago now. I mean, I guess it got retired when Deshaun Watson, that's when they truly kind of broke through. So what, 2015, I guess. Yeah, it's been a, I mean, they've been to every playoff since 2015. So I guess it was dead and, 2014 2013 pour one out for clemsoning um alabama destroys mississippi state who continues their their just descent into destruction where kj costello still leads all college quarterbacks with 14 picks this season which is just crazy um but alabama's defense is 
getting pretty close to where their offense has been now. Um, the longest Mississippi State play of the game covered just 20 yards. And their first five possessions were three and outs. Um, just, that's not a recipe for beating Alabama. And uh, this this was just bad. Like, Mississippi State's just bad. And uh, Alabama is just loaded on both sides of the ball. Yeah, without a doubt. My, uh, my stud of the week this week, Devontae Smith... 11 for 203 and four touchdowns. His third 200-yard game of his career. His second four-plus touchdown game of his career. He is now the SEC's all-time leader in receiving touchdowns. Past Chris Doring. Fun mm. fact for you. Were, you. were you aware that Chris Doring was the SEC's all-time touchdown receptions leader? I was not. I was not until until this weekend I saw that stat. But, um... Yeah, I um I think we still need to see more from Alabama's defense. Mississippi State is awful, so they this is a great defensive performance. Uh, I'll um I'll tune in next week to see uh see how their defense plays because I feel like Mississippi State is just like they they didn't score a point on Kentucky, so I I don't know what to make of that. But uh but yeah, Alabama just keep keeps on rolling. Their offense is pretty untouchable. Notre Dame. Oh, also, the Alabama thing. Did you see David Pollock took Alabama out of playoff contender status after losing Waddle? Well, I thought you just said they weren't going to be a national champion. Yeah, like, what? 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 Well, I think think you could make a point that you're only comparing them to Clemson and Ohio State. Do you think Alabama without Waddle isn't good enough to beat Clemson or Ohio State? I can't understand that. I can understand what he's saying in that point. They're obviously still a contender because they're going to be in the playoffs. So by definition, they're a contender. But I can understand how you think minus Waddle, they're not going to have to be Clemson or Ohio State. I think Waddle really is just that X factor. Maybe I like. I, I mean, think no. Ba- I think Bama's going to be fine. I, I didn't Bama's learn fine. anything from a forty-one-zero win over Mississippi State. We know they have the horses to just dominate Mississippi State without Jalen Waddle. Notre Dame against the army yellow jackets down there boilermakers <laughs> like just uh I, the uniforms are great but it just did not look like notre dame was playing uh, georgia tech this weekend um so notre dame's defense still very good it turns out georgia tech's offense still figuring stuff out still just very topsy-turvy jekyll and hyde um georgia tech had 88 yards on 33 attempts um just really really bad there um through the air and then 238 total yards it was just um just dominant like Notre Dame's offense doesn't have to be good right now like their their offense when you watch it you're like this is just it's it's an ugly it's an ugly look but their defense is legit they have guys all over the place and they're solid now what does that mean when they go to Clemson or they go to face Clemson they they lose because Clemson is just going to score too many points. And this Notre Dame defense, like the defense can be great like this, but it uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. This offense is not good. But this, but that matchup without Trevor Lawrence, though, I don't know if that's a bloodbath. I mean, I think it's still a bloodbath. With how Boston College played Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, you, I think you were in for a, a pretty close game. Well, we'll I mean, get to I, that I'm, on on uh, yeah, I'm still on not, Thursday's um, show. Uh, yeah, I'm still not that sold on Notre Dame, but they they looked they looked good this week. Like you said, the defense played really well. Five sacks, 
uh, on the game. So they Georgia Tech was really never in this game. So yeah, they were dominant. I feel like this is an Ian Book stat line though. Like right, like eighteen for twenty six, one hundred ninety nine yards, one touchdown, no picks, <laughs> nine carries for forty six yards. Yep. It's just like yeah, it's solid. That's that's okay. And when you play Clemson, assuming their offense is you know at, at full strength, like. It's probably not going to be enough, but uh, but we'll see. If without Trevor Lawrence, that could be a good one. Ohio State takes care of Penn State on the road. Um, does Penn State have a Clifford problem? I, I I just he's bad, right? Like, can we can we go ahead and say Sean Clifford's bad? He completed just two passes in the first half for twenty nine yards. Like that offense was bad. I say Sean Clifford's bad. I feel like Ohio State is really good. I, I, it's it's tough. I mean, you're down your top two running backs. Like they, um, Ohio State. We just know how elite Ohio State is. So I feel like I'm not ready to just say Sean Clifford isn't any good. It's just what do, what do you expect him to do against this Ohio State team? Like they're they're just loaded, man. Like I just. They they got a much better performance out of their running backs uh, this week, I thought. And Justin Fields is as elite as elite gets. So, I mean, he's – like, that's what people, I feel like, didn't even really understand when they were talking about the Trevor Lawrence-Justin Fields conversation. It's like, Justin Fields has started for one year. So, Trevor Lawrence is already – this is he's on his third year starting. We kind of know what Trevor Lawrence is coming into this season. Like, Justin Fields is really – still getting better like this is what his 13th 14th 15th career start or something so ohio state is getting better justin fields and uh unfortunately for every georgia fan out there is still getting really a lot better and ohio state looks unstoppable georgia wins a just disgusting display of football on saturday at kentucky um they ran the ball for 43 times in this game for 215 yards. Um, I love this. In the opening drive, Georgia had 12 plays. All of them were runs for 86 yards, and uh, they scored. Samir White goes over 100 for the first time as a Bulldog, which was kind of well, crazy there was, to me. There was the one pass play on the on the opening drive, but Stetson Bennett ran and picked up like three or four yards. Yeah. So, they yeah, they did call one run play, but yeah, it's – I, I can't blame them for for playing this way, you know. If if your quarterback's going to go nine, they can have thirteen attempts and throw two picks. I'm going to keep keep the ball on the ground and just keep on pounding it. The offensive line was just moving Kentucky back. It's been five, six, seven yards on every play. It seemed it seemed dumb to even consider throwing the ball, especially considering with the few times you did, Stetson Bennett made some mistakes. Can you at least admit now that Stetson's trash? Can we can we call him the trash bucket, not the mailman? He's the trash man, not the mailman. I'm not going to say he's trash, but he doesn't look very good. And the only thing is I just don't understand all the fans that are just, oh, why don't we put Mathis? Why don't we put JT Daniels? It's like maybe those guys aren't better than him. You know what I mean? Like the staff knows what they're if doing. If only Kirby they had Hunts. a five-star on the roster who could – really really get this offense going like what what if they had like a a harrison kid for instance what if they had it would be nice and and fields should have never left because he would have had two years to start at georgia but unfortunately he's gone and 
it's like this is this is what's happening. And so I feel like so many fans are trying to act like, oh, just another example of of Kirby messing up the quarterback situation. And it's like, no, it's just that one guy Fields that transferred. This is what we're left with. Like this, you're seeing the aftermath of Justin Fields leaving and Jake Fromm leaving early. Like, I mean, if you really think about it, it's like. Jake Fromm is really option one. Justin Fields is option two. Jamie Newman is option three. Stet, uh, Tuan Mathis started the first game. JT Daniels is a big-time transfer. Like Stetson Bennett's essentially like the fifth or sixth option of who could have been the starting quarterback for Georgia this year. And unfortunately, that's where they are. So it's like I don't, I don't just put all of this on Kirby because, I mean, Jamie Newman – opting out is really why George's in this situation too. It's like, unfortunately, JT Daniels, he's been cleared and Dwan Mathis, I, there's start, now there's starting to be rumors that Dwan Mathis might be transferring or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, like he deleted a bunch of stuff off social media or something. You never know what's rumors and what to believe, but uh, I would hope he doesn't because I would think moving forward at this point, Stetson Bennett has had, as many, if not significantly more, mediocre drives as uh, Dwan Mathis did, and Dwan Mathis got pulled in about a quarter and a half. So, I would say I was going to ask you about that. It seems like Mathis's leash was way shorter than Stetson Bennett for some reason. Stetson Bennett's but, getting away with a lot more garbage the last couple of weeks. I I think so, but to be fair, it's because he at least did some good things that earned him some but leash. Mathis like, didn't have time. Like he we learn that Arkansas's defense is legit. Like that his play against Arkansas does not look nearly as bad as it did in the moment. And that's definitely true. And when you're going up against someone like Kentucky where you're deciding you're going to run the ball 43 times and just pass a little bit, it seems like Mathis is a better runner than Stetson Bennett, you know? So obviously Bennett can run a little bit, but yeah, I would at least like to see just another guy get a get a series get a drive or something like that because you you don't know that those that Stetson Bennett isn't the best quarterback for Georgia but like because he could be but at this point can can Mathis or or JT Daniels come in can they really be worse if they come in you know what I mean it's like if they if they do poorly then then bring them back out but I think at this point fans are just frustrated because they just want to see they want to see us try something something new because Stetson Bennett doesn't appear to be the guy. JT Daniels just must not have a functioning knee at this point. Like his knee just must not work. And that's the weird thing is that he's not even in a brace over there. So uh, you see him warming up on the sidelines and stuff and he's not even wearing a brace. So that's that's the most confusing part to me, but I also think, you know, I think it's a little overreaction in turn for this game and Georgia's scoring 14 points. It's obviously not good, you know, but it's really, I think more on the defense and how they were just allowing Kentucky to run the ball and just continue to just move the ball and just, just burn that clock. I think, I think Kentucky had the ball in the first 30 minutes. They had the ball for like 22 minutes and it's like it, the offense can't score and they're not on the field. So I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think uh, I don't know how many teams left on Georgia's schedule are capable of running as well as Kentucky because we they, we've t- they've talked a lot about how good this offensive line is so and that's what Kentucky wants to do is run especially when they're getting no quarterback play really uh, through the air so 
maybe the 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 grain of salt that Georgia could take is that maybe Kentucky is really good at running the ball and they were just down with milking this whole clock. And maybe there's not another opponent on Georgia's schedule capable of doing that, obviously, until you get to the SEC championship, if they get that far. But I um I think that would be the only, you know, positive sign is that the offense the offense could have been better if they just got more possessions. I'll say that. Not trying to be like a homer and just pump sunshine or anything, because it was it was definitely a bad looking win. But it's good that you're that as a Georgia fan, you're upset after a 14-3 loss or a 14-3 win instead of a you know 28-21 loss. I just I'm very excited to see how you pick Georgia, Florida. I'm very excited. I um I. I think we're going to differ on this. Um, Memphis <laughs> versus Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati just destroys. Like I watched almost all of this game um, before just, I had to move on after they were just laying the smackdown on uh, Memphis. Um, my concern about Desmond Ritter coming in, I still picked Cincinnati and I thought they'd win. And I thought this was just a different Memphis team than the last in the years past. Yes. They'd won the last two meetings, but there's just, some differences there and i i didn't I, I just i didn't know that memphis's secondary was this bad like ritter is not a drop back downfield thrower and he throws 14 consecutive plays to open the game like that that was just insane like that's not how cincinnati has played all year long and luke fickle deserves credit for game planning against memphis but um yeah like memphis just not even not they're just not a ranked team they're just not the memphis of the last couple of years and uh cincinnati just what they did is like one of those sec style curb stomps where like an a spunky six and six old miss comes into town you're like oh are they on upset alert and then uh being the power that you are you're like no the, this is not happening we're we're better than you all across the board we're smarter than you and we're just going to um make you bend the knee and cincy making the AAC bend the knee. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think I said last week, I felt like SMU and Memphis were the exact same team. And so I felt like Memphis, Cincinnati was going to do the exact same thing, and they essentially did. You know, they just came out and dominated, and they just played their style, you know, just ran all over them. Like you said, coming out and passing uh, early in, in the game. but And the defense just getting after it, man. I mean, five rushing yards, like, that's... That's domination right now. Six sacks, like they they control the time of possession. This game was just never in doubt. Like Cincy, it really I I feel like we say it every week, but it, it just it's really unfortunate they didn't expand the playoff this year because since I really want to see what Cincy would do against a big time SEC ACC Big Ten team. They're they look legit. Yeah. Um, I think we really have to prepare ourselves for Cincy in the playoff. I think that's a very, very strong possibility. Um, Arkansas falls oh, at Texas hold on. A&M. Before, yes. What does it take for – because I guess essentially almost everyone agrees Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama are locks. Mm-hmm. So does Cincy – can Cincy get that fourth spot? Like, I if, think so because the Big 12 has now cannibalized itself. So the Big 12 out. And so I, I don't guess, know if the Pac-12 is going to – it's going to depend on Oregon It comes probably. down to Oregon probably. I guess Wisconsin if they – Well, they need to start playing uh, some football games. Yeah, exactly. If they were a one loss and they're one loss to Ohio State, you could argue. But I guess the only thing that would keep Cincy out, I guess, is is Oregon or 
something crazy like Georgia or Florida beating Alabama and getting a second SEC team in. But um, I don't really see that happening right now. So maybe maybe since he could get that four seed. Who knows? Yeah. And it's just going to be annoying because if they get stomped by, like, Clemson, I, people are like, oh, what a waste. Why do we play it? Like, a group of five, they don't belong. And it's like, okay. All right. Whatever. I just always hate that conversation. Like, why do they deserve a shot? Like, oh, it's a, it's like why do the why do, do the Blazers deserve a shot against the Lakers? It's like, I don't know, but if they don't, then the Lakers will just beat them. Like, what's what's the problem with that? What's the problem with them just beating them? Like, oh no. I'm mad that I had to sit <laughs> through a bad game now. It's like, I don't know. It's like if you're if if you're undefeated, I feel like it's just it's a it's a terrible feeling that it, if you're undefeated, you might still not be able to win a championship. Like it's just Georgia a, it's fans a were like op- like angry about Hawaii existing in the Sugar Bowl that year. I remember just the hate for Colt Brennan and June Jones and Hawaii and them getting an opportunity against Georgia. And like Georgia fans were angry that they were winning, like as big. I don't as they know were. if they were angry. It was more that team was so good by the end of the year. They thought they were gonna. Have to, every Georgia fan thought they were good enough to be in the national championship. And then when they didn't get in the national championship, um, I don't know if you remember that year. That was like Mark Sanchez and was at USC and everything. So like by the end of the year, USC and Georgia were like kind of the two hottest teams. So it's like at least put them together. Let's get like a good consolation game instead of we got Hawaii. And I remember people were acting like Hawaii was going to beat Georgia. Like I remember a lot oh, of Oh, there it is. There's the Georgia. And I was like, dude, no chance. We're about to dominate Colt Brennan. I remember Marcus Howard. Oh, dude, Marcus Howard was my boy, and he just destroyed Colt Brennan. That's one of my, uh, it's one of my favorite Georgia memories of uh, destroying Hawaii. See, I'm telling you, I, that's like a you're not alone there. It's very strange. Um, but then they'll overlook the Boise games. They'll be like, "See, we curb stomped everybody," and then they'll overlook Kellen Moore. And I'm just like, you never hey, know. Yeah. Well, well, Boise State beat Georgia one time for sure, yeah. but. But Georgia, Georgia blasted them the other time they played. But them, the right? whole point is, like, you don't know. Me. It's not a certainty every time. Like the majority of the time, Georgia will be a group of five team, a very oh, good yeah. group of five team. But the idea that like they're always going to curb stomp Hawaii, they're always going to curb stomp the Boise's, the Cincy's. It's like no, For like sure. sometimes that, you're going to lose. That one Mark Rick team that uh, that had the losing record lost to UCF in like the Liberty Bowl or one of those terrible bowl game so yeah you never know and i just i hate that just that notion of oh they don't even deserve to play against them it's like okay then just beat them then just prove that they don't deserve to play it's like i don't know why i'd get mad that they're even in the game arkansas if you looked at the box score this would not tell the full picture of how this game went like um the aggies were beating the living crap out of this arkansas team um they're now four and one um they had four consecutive touchdown drives to finish the first half. Um, tech, Arkansas is just – the offensive problems are finally coming back to bite them. Like, they missed two field goals early in this game, which is not good, obviously. But um, Texas A&M, they're, they're figuring stuff out. Like, they have, they have turned the corner, I think. And this was something we were looking to see if they could do. And I think they have. I think Texas A&M – you can make the case they're the second best team in the SEC, right? Yeah, and that's another team we didn't even name, really. So that's a team that could keep Cincinnati out. Like if, yeah. if A&M goes 9-1 and one with a one loss to Bama, you're not going to have many people that are fighting for Cincinnati in that argument. But mm. uh, 
but yeah, Kellen Mond, he uh, he looked real good this on on Saturday, and and their offense, they were they're really they really were dominating this game. So the, you're definitely right. The stats don't really show how how much better Texas A&M was on Saturday. And Arkansas, they they were fine. Like they're they're building. They're just not there yet. So I think it's good for the SEC that Arkansas is not the second best team in the West because that's kind of what people were talking about. This game was for the the battle of who the second best team in the West is and Arkansas is definitely not ready. So A&M another big time win. Just keep on rolling. Missouri falls at Florida. We discussed that a little bit at the top of the show and what happened going into the half. I didn't know until I saw like, cause you don't see the clip of what actually happened until like minutes later. Cause I was like, what is this fight about? I don't understand it. Then you see there was no penalty called on Trask just getting blasted by a Missouri um, pass rusher and it was it was a dirty hit like he got he had left the ball go for several seconds um, yeah he when, took like two or three steps and yeah. like kind of wind it up it was uh he he it was a dirty hit um and Mullen talked about how there was guys saw it was a dirty hit and then they got all mad but also punching dudes with helmets is still one of the all-time dumb things I've ever seen um Florida struggled in the first half. Missouri kept it close. Uh, but the second half, it seemed like the momentum shifted after that. So maybe Mullen uh, pumping up the crowd <laughs> changed the way this game was going to go because Florida <laughs> maybe. Florida outgained Missouri 514 to 248. But also, they scored a touchdown on the first position in three of their first dr- four drives in the second half to blow it open. Um, this is why I'm just, if you're a Georgia fan, you're terrified. It's like Florida can be stop and go tony had a really crazy touchdown in this game that kyle pitts i don't know who Georgia's gonna send on him on saturday i don't know who is supposed to cover this guy but trask can have kind of a topsy-turvy game and they still just accidentally stumble into 514 yards in a blowout of missouri and i think this offense is just too good the defense stinks but this is the year if you're florida and you're a florida fan you want this kind of georgia team because yeah, your defense stinks, but guess what? Uh, Georgia's offense stinks. So um, it it it's just it seems like everything is aligning for Florida to win the East this year, and uh, Trask is just really really good. Yeah, without a doubt, Florida definitely dominated in this game. Well, right before the half, it, I think it was seven six. Right, before, I think Florida got a touchdown with like yeah. a minute left in the half, and they fumbled that upcoming kick return, and it seemed like that's. Just the wheels fell off for Missouri after that. So I um, I will say I don't want to overreact to Florida just because of who they've beaten. You know what I mean? Like to this point, they definitely look better than Georgia, especially if because Georgia is all defense. So if their defense is going to be shorthanded, then I'm not sure how Georgia's supposed to beat anybody. But they're 3-1 and one with wins over Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Missouri. So – I don't necessarily want to overreact to say like a three and one team. They're clearly the best team in the East because we really don't know. And I'm still, I, I feel like I still need to see more from Florida running the ball. You know, if they're able to just pass the ball for 350 yards and four touchdowns every game, then maybe it won't matter. But I think when you play those better teams, you you can't be one dimensional. And so if you see the teams that have beaten Georgia in recent years, they're the teams that, are able to run the ball and kind of keep Georgia guessing. So at this point, I mean, at, 
at this point, I you can't feel confident as a Georgia fan just because you you got to score, you got to find a way to score points, and I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But uh, I I um just looking at Florida, there Kyle Pitts is definitely the biggest mismatch moving forward. I don't we're not trying to get into the Georgia Florida talk right now, but just looking at looking at uh, Florida, they just they just need to be able to run the ball, and and the defense looked better this week, and I just I feel like every week it just it. I, I know less than I knew the week before. You know what I mean? Like with LSU, you know, Missouri in a shootout with LSU. And so, oh, maybe Missouri's better than we thought. And then they get blasted by Florida. It's like, oh, maybe LSU's worse than we thought. Like we just, we, every week, I feel like we get more results and we get further and further from knowing what's going to happen moving forward. It seems like. That's a good point. Um, there's only like a handful of teams that we, we feel comfortable about. I think just being like, I, I'm sure about Ohio state, I'm sure about Bama. I'm sure about Clemson. Um, That's about it. I'm, I'm yeah. sure BYU and Cincinnati are going to keep dominating. Yeah. But it's like, other than that, I really, it's every team is just such a question mark. UNC, speaking of question marks, go to Virginia and their defense continues not to be able to stop anybody. Virginia has an all-time effort from my stud of the week, Brennan Armstrong, who has been banged up all season with multiple concussions. Um, he finishes the game with 274 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. He had 20 carries in this game and averaged 17.3 yards per completions to six different receivers. Virginia, an all-time effort. Don't doubt Bronco Mendenhall on my watch, Matt Green. Never do it. Are you? I'm pretty sure I heard you jump off the Bron- Bronco Mendenhall bandwagon like a couple weeks back. A couple weeks back, but no. I'll just let that slide. I um I think by far North Carolina was the most disappointing team in college football this week to me. It's I just feel like Virginia has not been good at all this year, and this this North Carolina offense, as good as Sam Howell is, they're they're at their best when these two running backs, Michael Carter and Javante Williams are doing their thing. Like coming into this game, Carter was averaging 116 yards per game. Williams averaging 112 yards per game. So 228 yards per game between the two of them. And they were held to just 118 yards. And I think that was the difference because they just North Carolina. I mean, they did, they had a decent game, you know, 54, 64 yards, but it just seemed like uh, Virginia just gave them problems on the ground. And even though Sam Howell had a, had a great game statistically, uh, Virginia was still able to get the win. Yeah, a uh, big win for Virginia, who had lost, I think, four straight coming in this game. So good for the Hoos. Uh, K-State goes to West Virginia and loses at West Virginia because what does West Virginia do? They protect that house in Morgantown. They keep their undefeated record. Um, the play calling from Kansas State in this game with a freshman quarterback on the road against a good defense. Very, very weird because uh, they have Deuce Vaughn, guy you like a lot, and they pass the ball 11 of the first 17 plays of the game. Um, of those 11 passes that were uh, completed, only three were completed. Two were intercepted. Will Howard. Uh, not a great look for him. I, I just, when you have somebody like Vaughn and it seems like their identity is running the football to go into West Virginia and try and pass all over them early. It just, it put them in a bind and they never recovered and West Virginia just dominated. It was very strange. Well, and Vaughn's been so good out of the backfield catching the ball too. I and mean, he, he had two catches for one yard. So 
Yeah, I'm not really sure what Kansas State was doing in this one. But, yeah, I was watching game day on Saturday morning. And I'm filling out my my buddy my pick em with my buddies and like assigning the the confidence points to each game. And then I see the bear talking about this game and he's like, Oh, this was three and a half for West Virginia. Now it's seven for West Virginia. He's like, I'm going West Virginia all day. And I'm sitting here like I feel like if the bear is saying this, he knows something I don't. And so I wanted to change my pick, but we had already recorded our podcast that week. I was like just for integrity purposes, I got to go with the with the pick I picked, and I shouldn't have. West Virginia has just they they dominated this game, and I guess just going into Morgantown is uh, more difficult than I than I thought with the with the backup quarterback. So sh- should should have known better. That was on me. Indiana goes to Rutgers and moves on to two and zero. That defense stingy, stingy Tom Allen defense. Uh, they had three turnovers in this game um that resulted in 17 points for the hoosiers um the hoosiers offense didn't turn over once they're just like the most lunch pail do what we need to do to win games team i I just they're a throwback in a multitude of ways um can we get tom allen in knoxville fulmer would love this guy it's time to bring him back let's let's get tom allen in here what's the buyout situation let's get tom Allen. Oh, i'm all man. in on tom allen are we already calling for jeremy pruitt's job are we at that point already i don't know but yeah indiana looked sniffing good. around indiana looked good in this one um do we know how to pronounce this guy's name Penix. i think that... it's Penix, right it's Michael yeah Penix. he's yeah. uh he looked he looked real solid in this one again for his second straight week and um Rutgers, like like we thought, they weren't going to get seven turnovers in this game. So uh, this is this is about the best they could have asked for. Craziest game this weekend, I think. Um, Auburn blows out LSU, and I'm sure you enjoyed this as the the resident Ed Ordron hater on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I just I couldn't believe this. Like this is just one of those where you're like I was way off. I was I, I just. I do. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what to make of this game, and like how much this is going to affect both these teams down the line, or they they just like snap out of it and they go back to who they were the week before. Um, I don't. I don't know. But like, Auburn, their offense finally figures it out. Um, they scored touchdowns on five straight drives. They had a ninety-nine yard drive to close out the first half and a seventy-five yard drive to open the second half. Um. Then their defense kept LSU out of the end zone until a touchdown midway through the fourth when Auburn was already up 48-3. to Like, they just kept scoring touchdowns, like, over and over and over and over again. Like, I, I, I'm just stunned. Like, LSU is just that defense. Like, Bo Pelini, uh, he's not long for uh, Death Valley, I don't think. I think Bo Pelini, I hope, he, I hope he's renting, is what I would say. I, I hope Bo Pelini is renting in Baton Rouge. Without a doubt, man. This was my biggest just like I don't know, this is so much worse than than just a rebuilding year. Like I feel like we knew that LSU was gonna take a step back, but now you're getting blown out forty eight to I mean, yeah, I'll give them the eleven. It was really forty eight three. I don't know when they I honestly stopped watching, so I didn't even see that last touchdown. It had to be in the last couple minutes. I um they made Bo Nix look like Johnny Manziel. Uh, on saturday honestly just running all over the place just picking just dropping dimes like this is the bo nicks that a lot of people were expecting to see 
but you just weren't expecting an LSU defense to look this bad. Like TJ Finley looked really good last week and you know, like I said, every week we just we don't know anything. Uh, maybe South Carolina's not any good at all. Like you know, who knows? But so for him to get benched in this one, I was surprised by that. Um, but the two interceptions he threw were just were just bad. And for for this Auburn defense to hold LSU to 27 carries for 32 yards on the ground, like it was just a dominant performance. And I just. I, I don't know what to make of this. Like, when, when, do, like, how bad does this season have to be for Ed Orgeron to get any sort of hot seat talk at all? You know what I mean? Like, I feel confident he won't get fired. Even if they went two and eight, I don't think he's getting fired. But, man, this is, there's one thing to have a rebuilding year. It's another thing to look like this. Like, it's, this is just, they look like a poorly coached team more than anything. He, he's, he's got, he's got some time. I, I don't think you need to worry about uh, about him anytime soon. I think Orgeron will be fine. Like, do I think Bo Blaine will be fine? No. Um, this is just, uh, I, I, it's just bad. Like, I. But like, yeah, and like, you can't really compare Alabama and Clemson, like a national champion, like what they bring back, because you know they've just they're at a whole other level, just established that they're just going to reload every year. But if you look at someone like Georgia, like going to the national championship in 2017. They lost, I want to say, like 13, 14 starters off of that team. And you can probably include even one more than whatever it says because Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb were, were so good, uh, kind of co-starters. And that the team the next year went 11-1 and one and was playing for an SEC championship or playing for a chance to go to the playoff, you know? it's like, And they ultimately went 11-3, and three, and that was kind of a, a rebuilding Georgia team that went 11-3. So you're expecting a step back from LSU, but for them to be this bad, because this Auburn team has, like, we we were talking last week how they were 4-1 and one and could be 1-4, and four, you know? And for them to just come out and dominate LSU, like, man, I just, I just don't know. I don't know where the wins are going to come on LSU's schedule moving forward. Like, Alabama, A&M, and Florida, you might as well pencil, pencil in a loss for those already. And then the other two games are Arkansas and Ole Miss. And... I wouldn't feel very confident about either one of those if I was an LSU fan right now. So if they went two and eight, that would just that would be unbelievable. Like I I as a as a Ed Orgeron hater coming into this year, and I was very brash with my Ed Orgeron uh criticisms, I did not see a a year this bad coming for LSU. So it'll it's gonna be a long two weeks to get prepared for Alabama. Last game here before we wrap up. Um, Virginia Tech beats Louisville in a game we saw coming. Just a offensive explosion. It was just like who's going to have the ball last. Um, Virginia Tech runs all over this Louisville defense that's just atrocious. Um, not going to count on the, the Cardinals being able to turn it around for multiple games this season. The defense is just not good enough. Um, but if you look at Virginia Tech's season um, down the next couple of weeks, it's, uh, it's going to get tough because i think their combined uh their opponent's combined record is 21 and 9 the rest of the way for virginia tech but um the only time the cardinals stopped the hokies um was in the fi- in the game's final 30 minutes was when hendon hooker took a knee to run out the clock they scored on 7 of 11 possessions early and they had four straight possessions with a touchdown in the second half like it was just an all-time nightmare situation for the louisville defense 
Yeah, and Virginia Tech wasn't really stopping Louisville either. Like it, it's like neither defense really did anything. It was just the three turnovers. Like f- almost 550 yards of offense for Louisville, almost 200 yards on the ground. So like they were doing it through the air on the ground. But if you're gonna turn the ball over three times, then you can lose to anybody. And I, I, I felt like Louisville was the better team in this game, um, honestly. But just. Malik Cunningham just made too many mistakes and that and that's what cost them. Yeah, I um I don't know. The Louisville situation, I don't think that I don't know who their DC is off the top of my head. It's the guy they took with them from App State, but I uh I have my doubts that he is going to be around next season. What do you think? I, I don't I don't think he's um he's gonna make it through. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um Ole Miss blows out Vanderbilt um, in an absolute stunner. Vanderbilt goes down again. Um, Derek Mason. This was a stunner? It was a stunner. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Matt Coral going after that Grayson Lambert record. Did he break it? Because he finished like 30 of 35 or something. No, uh, 30 of thirty of 34 is what he finished. Okay. Did, so but, he did uh, break not, the record. Grayson though. Lambert's record still intact. I think he was 24 of 25 or 25 mm. of 26. Yeah. Maryland with baby Tua beats Minnesota, who just might be bad <laughs> um, that this might be the season from hell for PJ flex, Minnesota. Um, they almost get shut out in the second half. Um, yeah. Overtime thriller. And uh, this was, this I, was I hate to see, I hate to see games decided like this. Cause I feel like this was a, such a fun game. Like Maryland jumped out early and then, it's like you blinked, and all of a sudden Minnesota was back winning, and then Minnesota was up big, and then all of a sudden Maryland's tying the thing up, sending it overtime. But um, yeah, you just hate. I think this is what at least the third game I can think of off the top of my head that has been decided on a missed extra point in overtime. It just it sucks to decide a game that way. But um, I know the an award that we sometimes give out on this show. I think it's the at least you tried award. Yes. Got to give that to Muhammad Ibrahim for Minnesota. Mm. 41 for 207 <laughs> and four touchdowns on the ground. This dude, workhorse. Unfortunately, Marion Barber uh, is somewhere smiling. Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney somewhere. That that was a legit one-two punch back in the day. But, um, yeah, and they just hate... I, just, I, don't, I don't know what it's like to be in a D1 football locker room, but I just... I feel like it's got to be real lonely when... Uh, team loses by one and you miss an extra point my at least you try a guy of the week is baby tessator tessator under center he gets him also that was that was a great moment um that was hilarious because i just saw that because of like the the game break you know they're like oh whatever saying what's going on in boston college clemson game and they're hyping up like joe tessator's son you're like oh wait what happened and it's like he just came in and it did a what is it uh fake hike it or whatever i'm drawing a blank uh, i'm trying to draw him off sides you know but uh it's like i thought he came in and like actually made a play you know he like it was a fake punt and he like or a fake field goal he like ran for a first down it's like no he just he just drew him off sides it was it was just kind of funny with how excited they were getting but uh i respect it joe tessator i like it um speaking of great dad son relationships dj ugalegalele did you see what he said about his dad on twitter I did not. So he's had his dad blocked since he was a sophomore in high school because he doesn't like <laughs> seeing all the posts about how great he is. Oh, I guess I can understand that. I like it. I like it. 
Um, the Chanticleers poison. blow out Georgia State to improve to six and zero, fifty one to nothing there. Navy falls to SMU. SMU gets back on track, fifty one thirty seven. Iowa State takes care of business against Kansas, fifty two to twenty two. Oklahoma blows out Texas Tech, sixty two to twenty eight. Um, Boise um, beats Air Force on the road, forty nine thirty. Uh, Tulane gets back in the win column, beating Temple, who's just atrocious this year, 38-3. Purdue, David Bell is a sneaky like guy we have to monitor. He goes for 9-122 in a touchdown this week. Aiden O'Connell and David Bell, they have quite the chemistry. Back-to-back weeks beating Iowa and Illinois. Purdue's good. Um, they're fun. Sam Hartman continues the stride in the right direction for the Demon Deacons, beating Syracuse on the road, 38-14. Um, game that we uh, that I nailed, I believe, because you you were very pro Houston last week. I, I want to say, and then what happens? The yeah, best off, one of the best ball. offenses in uh, college football blows out Houston because I believe in the offense and offense wins games, as we know on this podcast. UCF wins forty four twenty one. Um, oh, Baylor, maybe the worst Power Five team. It's just an all around bad year for LSU. Uh, I'm still giving that people. to Kansas. It's pr- it is Kansas, but like. Baylor is now one and three. That offense sucks. Charlie Brewer goes seventeen of thirty-seven, two of three, two touchdowns. Um, I, I, I just can't. I thought Baylor would have a bad year. It's like it's a lot of turnover, a lot of change. But Dave Aranda, this is just like a next level atrociousness from them. Baylor is awful. Yeah, they really they've they have not looked good. I, we are not expecting much from Baylor this year, but yeah, like you said, I think they're they're worse than I was expecting because they were they were a good team and they were good defensively last year. So this doesn't look anything like the team they had last year. All right. Um that is all I've got. Oh, and uh, Northwestern 2 and 0 because sure. They uh they beat Iowa on the road. Um Hold on. Did you mention Michigan, Michigan State? Oh. Wait, I thought I uh, feel like this is our weekly. Oh, we skipped over it. It's on my list. I just skipped over when I was on my show on my show sheet. Yeah, uh, we definitely did that. Sorry, Michigan, Michigan State fan. That I was, was not about intentional. To say, yeah, the uh, the the weekly Harbaugh hot seat talk was uh, delayed last week, but now it's now it's back and running. I feel like this is this is a bad loss for Michigan coming off of a big win. So hold on. So last week. I know we don't have much time left, but last week you said the Big Ten is a superior product to the Absolutely. SEC. It's not even close. Now we got Minnesota and Michigan looking kind of bad. So It's not about that. It's about how fun these games are. Like, Georgia-Kentucky, if you showed it to any casual fan, you're like, why would anyone watch this? Like that, But that's going to be one of the worst games of the SEC. Every this SEC year. game this week was, a ba- was bad. They're not all, every they're single not one. all that bad. Every single one was bad. Every I mean, there wasn't one. any competitive games this week. That's yeah. true. But uh, that's just one week. Okay. I mean, you can keep standing for the SEC, but uh, the Big Ten is is entertaining. The Big Ten is fun. Like, you're not going to see the Rutgers play, the, the Rutgers lateral in the SEC. No, you're not going to see that kind of fun. That is reserved for hey, Big we Ten saw, fun. We saw a play like that. That would look just like Hunter Henry in uh, that Arkansas Ole Miss a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Rarity, a rarity. Um, Ricky but White yeah, though, was, deserves a shout a out for this game. Michigan's secondary is just not good, and uh, Ricky White from Nate, uh, from Marietta, Georgia, um, set a freshman single game record for Michigan State with 196 yards on eight catches, which averages 24.5. Pretty good in my opinion. Um, it was also his first start, and uh, he had catches of 50, 40, 31, and 30. <laughs> like just 
unbelievable from uh, also uh, also Swanee Georgia native Connor Hayward with two mm. touchdowns in this game. Is that Cam Cameron. Hayward's brother? It is. Okay. Peachtree Ridge. Mm. Yeah, Rocky Lombardi sucks, and he still finds ways to win this football game. Like big win for Mel Tucker and Michigan State, but um, brutal, brutal for Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Like just. It, they looked so good last week, and now we have to reevaluate them because Minnesota looks way worse than we thought. Um, a week ago, that win doesn't look as inner, just doesn't look as good. Um, yeah, I I don't know this. Uh, we don't know a lot, like you said. That is, uh, <laughs> we don't know a lot with uh, this weird season. Um, but we have to run, Matt Green. Uh, I appreciate it as always. Um, we can find you on Twitter at Matt W uh, Matt underscore W underscore Green. You can find me at Chase W underscore Thomas. And if you like today's episode and you're an Apple listener, give us a five star rating and a review. It'd be great. Uh, check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com and all of that good stuff. Matt, is there anything else you would like to add before we go? Not much, man. Just I'm gonna bounce back this week. Probably not, because you're probably going to pick Georgia. So go ahead and lock that one in <laughs> as a loss. So we'll be back in a couple days. Matt, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.